1: Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your
0: host, Dave Ledahan.
2: We are inching ever closer to that magic 100th episode. Thank you once again for joining us and for making us one of the hottest growing songwriter podcasts out there. And we appreciate you be here and telling people about it and uh, subscribing on YouTube, wherever you find us. Thank you so much. Appreciate your comments too. Always feel free to reach out to us on the socials. Really appreciate it. Um, I want you to, I want you to, some of the greatest episodes that I think we've had on this podcast, nearly a hundred episodes, were the ones that dealt with history of, I'm really into the history of music. And if you listen to my radio shows, The Nashville Connection, I always leave a portion at the end for what happened that day. And we talk about the history and try to respect the history of this great genre. And I know I hate genres. You've heard me talk about it. But, um, you know, we're going to dig into some things and I want you to, I want you to think about, Some of your favorite songs. And what is it about that song that draws you in? What makes you love that song? Is it the lyric? Is it a beautiful melody? You know, sometimes it's all about what we've heard in the industry called a signature lick. Do you know what I'm talking about? A signature lick? It's something musical in that song that drives It just draws you in, right? It could be like My Girl and it could start with like a bass line, you know? And then add a little guitar. Or a lot of guitar Like Slash Guns and Roses, you know I mean, no denying that song, what that is, right? Signature Lick There's also piano Signature Licks I mean, who can forget Bruce Hornsby in the range, isn't this? There might even be a slip note in our show or two <laughs> We're going to talk about those coming up on our show today where were you when you first heard this next song? Did that draw you in? Yeah, Billy Joel. Now, in country music, piano was never, uh, at first, wasn't included a lot, but then this guy came along that changed things, and we're going to talk about it. So listen to this. And how about. That qualify as a signature lick? Listen to that. Or how about this one? The most recognizable maybe in country music. That beautiful. Yeah, Patsy sang it. Willie wrote it, but the guy playing that, that famous lick, that guy is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Country Music Hall of Fame. He absolutely I mean, I really think he's one of the guys that, that brought piano to the forefront in country music because in country music it was always about stringed instruments, guitars and mandolins and fiddles and, and banjos, right? And all of a sudden this guy comes in with this new style. His name was Floyd Kramer and we've got his grandson with us, with us today. It's uh, Jason Coleman. Jason, thank you for
3: joining us. Hey, what an intro. I love this. I'm just sitting back here listening and having a good time. I don't even know why I'm here. I should just be listening to this show.
2: I'm <laughs> such a nerd for this stuff. And Jason, I got to tell you, some of the best shows that I look back over the nearly hundreds have, have been because of legacies. And, and I love talking about the history. We had Trey Ackerman on whose dad was the drummer on, on Heehaw. And uh, he, he talked about when he was a kid, you know, sleeping on the studio floor when Willie and, and Paul are, are, are uh, recording, uh, you know, uh, me and Paul, <laughs> you know, or uh, Jenny Eddie Jennings, who's the daughter of Jason of uh, of of, of um, uh, Jesse Coulter and um, and 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 Dwayne Eddie, and was raised by Waylon Jennings. Love that episode. Go back and find that one. Tess Frizzell, whose uh, uncle and grandma. Are both in the Hall of Fame. We're talking about Lefty Frizzell and Dottie West. So there's always cool things to talk about, and we're adding to it today. Jason, your dad, your granddad, amazing guy. Um, What was it like growing up with with a superstar?
3: Sure. Well, for me, first and foremost, he was always just my granddad. And that's what I really value the most. You know, I was 12 years old when he passed away in 1997. Um, but up until then, we were very close as a family. Um, and so, you yeah. know, as a kid, uh, I was playing piano, uh, you know, from as long as I can remember. So Brilliant. he was there, you know, helping me out on the piano for sure. But more than anything, uh, he he was just like any grandparent would be. You know, mm-hmm. my little brother and I and our, and our cousins would just go to grandma and granddad's house and, yeah. and had fun. We lived here in Nashville. We lived close by. So we were always together. So, you know, it's... It, it's a little different experience for me because we went out to some of his shows. You know, mm-hmm. we saw him perform, and we went to the studio a few times when he was recording and all. So that. Sure, you knew. You so know. I, yeah. I knew, but you know, because I was so young when he passed away, I was just twelve. Mm. You know, it's been since then that I've really come to appreciate just the immense impact that he's had on on music. Because you know, when you're a kid, he's yeah. granddad and he's the greatest right. piano player in the world, and you, and you know greatest that. But it, yeah. but you're you know you're just a kid, and so that you don't have a sense of the history. So it's been amazing to me over the years since he did pass away and as I've gotten you know into adulthood and, and have carried on sort of my own you know uh, piano career here just to really see not just in and you know to hear the songs and to read the stories but then to hear from those who worked with him through the years yeah. um just I mean- what what an incredible mark he made on not just country music, but as you mentioned, rock, rock and music. He was Elvis's keyboard, right? He but was. Elvis so would many, not
2: record without him,
3: right? Yeah, for so many songs, he was yeah. on the piano on for Elvis. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just time and time again. Even now, there, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on all that he recorded, but I'll still hear a song, you know, just randomly on the radio or at a store somewhere on in the, in the background, and hear a piano part and think. That, was, was that my was granddad? And I go yeah. look it up and try to find, and sure enough, there sure it is. is. It's <laughs>
2: hard to miss that style. It really he, is.
3: Yeah, he shows up everywhere.
2: He really does. You went to Belmont University, so you studied music, and just kept it in the family. Kept that legacy alive, huh?
3: I did, yeah. I grew up here in Nashville, went to public school here in Nashville, and then went to Belmont uh, for a music business. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew growing up, I'd taken piano lessons all through my childhood and had had played piano forever and ever and just sort of thought, you know, I wanted to really figure out what I could do with with Mm -hmm. this gift that I felt that I had been given. And really, at that time, I didn't know if I, you know, wanted to grow up and and actually, you know, be a performer, be a a studio musician or what I wanted to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was during that time that I was at Belmont when he was actually inducted into the Rock Hall and the Country Music Hall of Fame. Was Uh, that the same year? It was the same year, the Whoa. Rock Hall uh, earlier in the year in the country uh, later on that, that now, year. Now,
2: I heard you actually played uh, at the medallion ceremony. That's the ceremony when they officially give you your medal and that you're supposed to wear. If you're in the Hall of Fame, you have to wear the medal. So anyway, but you were there.
3: You played, right? I, I was. It was one of the biggest honors of my career and my life to get to be there. That was in 2004. I was, chills. <laughs> I was 19, and I was among uh, some of the musicians. Hank Lachlan was performing oh at the ceremony, so I got to play God. with him at the ceremony. And that's
2: an important name that we're going to get to. It uh, is. It is. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and, uh, and so it was, it was an amazing day for our whole family, but yeah, that was, and it was at that point then when I was, you know, in college and figuring out what I really wanted to sort of do with myself yeah. that I, that I really started to see the, you know, just, just the impact that he had. Cause at that point he had only been gone for, uh, six, seven, eight years. Um, yeah. so it was still very, very fresh on everyone's mind. And and so I think that appreciation for him and his music has only grown stronger as the years have, have gone on. It was at that point that I sort of discovered, not by setting out to, you know, I'm going to just do everything I can to keep his legacy alive, or everything mm. I can to play his music. It really was never something that I set out to do. It just sort of mm. happened over time to that I, I saw how much people loved his music and his style, and there's just so little of that that I, that I was hearing that was out there, and so it just made sense for me to... Try you, to pick up where he left off as best I could.
2: Now you perform a tribute to him all over the world, don't you? Yeah.
3: I yeah, really. Since around that time, I've I've toured uh, really across the country in in concerts that carry awesome. on his style. There, you know, some of the shows that I do are are sort of a direct, almost a biography, uh, sort of yeah. like a PBS documentary, almost on stage of his his life and career. I incorporate lots of uh, even multimedia. I have some old pictures and stories and videos of him. Uh, all throughout his life, I have videos when I was growing up with him that. Well, speaking of that, I've
2: seen some adorable <laughs> videos of you as a kid singing. Uh, you know, with your granddad.
3: Adorable is one word. Embarrassing might be the other. If, if you keep <laughs> the watching for you, right? the uh, the interview as I go on, and I decide to with it was I was four years old, so it's not that oh, embarrassing. I was just campy. four. Every, Everything so cute. Everything's so cute. But yeah. I uh, yeah. I jumped in the middle of the interview with Ralph Emery on National Now TNN oh, so. and, and volunteered that I could sing La Bomba in Spanish, and, and I proceeded you? to do so. <laughs> I've got to see that. Song so it's there on on, uh, on, on YouTube, my YouTube. So on your
2: yeah. YouTube it is. What is it your is. YouTube? Uh, uh, just look me up, Jason Coleman, and you'll find it. Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. Oh, check it out, folks! Please do. He's so talented, and I've seen pictures of you and your granddad playing like uh dueling piano style. Uh, that must have been a thrill.
3: It was. Yeah. A few years later, I had the chance um, on PNN also Music City Tonight, the Crook and Chase show. Uh, mm-hmm. We performed a Christmas duet at that wow. time, and had I was nine years old, and we had the the grand pianos face to face and that's, I mean, really truly, that's, that's a memory that I actually do have, have real memories of at nine years old of, of going through that whole, Incredible. you know, recording process at the studio here in town and, and, and I was, I was nervous, but I, it was, it was, just so special to get to share that with him at that age. And I incorporate when I go out and perform, and, and I, I have that video that I share and play along with it even now today, sort of a duet with myself and my granddad. And so it's. That's so cool. It's just, it's amazing to me to, to know, you know, not just Floyd Kramer fans, but fans of really just the music from yeah. that era, the 50s and 60s, especially. Yeah. Um, what, uh, just to play these songs, and it's like every song means something different to, mm. to a different person, even whether yeah. it's granddad songs or whether it's like. Elvis or Patsy Cline or Orbison, all these that he was a part of, it's like they just instantly have a way of transporting you back in time. You know, as
2: as evidence of this, I I, I throw out the song, and we're going to talk more about this as we do your tribute thing, but um, the song Last Date, which people are, that's a melody that is just so infectious and and, and ingrained in people's minds, Uh, and you're right, it said a lot to different people, so much that um, Skeeter Davis wrote earlier to it, Mm -hmm. and then comedy Twitty wrote his lyric to it and brought it to number one country and
3: emily Lewis harris <laughs> right and
2: her you know so it's amazing what it what a melody can do
3: it is yeah and he, he wrote the melody and didn't have the words but like you say it uh i think when you have a strong melody like that it's almost like it's a blank canvas yeah um for for anyone to interpret as they want to and it's funny a song like last date you know the the, the name of it implies that it's something that is is sad you know maybe mm. um that it's it's and, and the melody, but it's not like it's in a minor key. It's not like it's a no. intentionally sad song. And so that's what, for me, people will tell me, you know, it was played at, of course, you know, my high school dance, or it was played at uh, my wedding, or mm-hmm. at my, my mother's funeral, or it was played at, you know, it, it has a way of lending itself to all kinds of different special moments in, in life. And I think Gosh. that's why his music as an instrumentalist was so different than other uh, country artists and country stars because it, it it does, when you when you just hear the melody, it sort of has a way of you can sort of give oh, it yeah. whatever meaning you you wanted you to, to take at that time.
2: Well, you know, in, um, you said it's not in a minor key, but you're, I, I read that your granddad thought it sounded sad. So he thought he named it Last Date because, you know, he thought maybe it was about last love, lost love. And uh, you know what? Can we, can we play a little, at least a little bit of that? So folk, In case folks are, don't know what song we're talking about, but I'm sure you do. You've heard this melody a million times. We well, you, know, you play
3: a little bit? we got the 88 keys right here in front well, of us. You have 88 well. keys in the dining room. I love that might you brought well that. try them out. So uh-huh.
2: let's, let's see what we can do here. I'll I'm sorry sure I don't here. have a grand piano. We could not fit it in this room.
3: <laughs> well, hey, no one's watching, so we could tell them it's a grand piano. They would know. This grand piano you have here is absolutely stunning. 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 Thank you for bringing it and bringing you're, it in You're welcome. I brought it
2: in myself. I actually. know. Wow. Yeah. yeah it was. Uh, yeah. My right. back's still a little
3: sore. <laughs> so let's see what we can do. I'll, I'll play a little bit of Last Date. Let's see. There it is. All right. Here we go. Oh, yeah.
2: Can't forget the ding. absolutely. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Oh man. You know there are not too. Many, the list is very short of people that are in the Rock and the Country Hall of Fame. And Floyd Kramer is there. That was a 1960 hit for him. And our guest is his grandson, Jason Coleman. Great job. Just, just fantastic. Thank and you.
3: There's really, there is just no song like that. And I've, I've looked the list mm-hmm. um, of, of instrumental country songs, or not just instrumental, but you know, it was a bigger actually pop hit than it even was, it was. A, a country hit. It reached all the way. To I mean, number two, two, yeah, I thought it was two, yeah, on the mm-hmm. Billboard uh, uh, Pop charts, and the only song that stopped at being number one. This is a good story. Tell them the song that topped it. Absolutely, Elvis Presley. Are you lonesome tonight? <laughs> with Floyd Kramer on, on the piano the- <laughs> on those sessions, <laughs> he beat himself out of a number one. <laughs> I know he had a habit of that. So yeah, but it's it's amazing. I've seen a list of like some of the top country crossover songs of all time, yeah. songs that started as a country song but went to the pop charts, right, and. Uh, it's funny. The list includes who you might think, like your Taylor Swift and yeah. you know Leanne Rhymes and some of the uh, yeah. Shania Twain and, and some of the big stars like that who have had crossovers. And then there's one song like a sore thumb sticking out in that list, and it's "Last Date" as <laughs> one of the top uh, country crossovers. The only, instru- only instrumental song on that top like 25 list that I saw, but it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was wild to me to see that list of all these that you you think of these big pop stars, and then you have yeah. Floyd, Floyd Kramer, Kramer. <laughs> "Last Date" sitting on Isn't that list something? too of one that really. Just hit the mainstream.
2: Well, that is your melody class today. Now, for your lyric class, I want you to listen to <laughs> Skeeter Davis's version. I want you to listen to Conway's version, and finally Emmylou Harris's version. And then you'll get your lyric. That's right. Uh, uh, That's right. Class. So, uh, Jason, good to have you It Really is. Um, I'm really enjoying this. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit. You know, we were talking about the history of, uh, of country music, and especially if you talk about the Opry. Um, I remember there's time, you know, reading times that they wouldn't even allow uh, drums on the Opry because they just considered you know music, uh, country music sacred and it was it was about the strings it was banjo it was uh and that was a percussion instrument at one point um banjo was guitar it was uh fiddle mandolin uh those kind of things and piano was kind of a novelty um the texas playboys bob wills would would have a piano but it was more like a novelty thing and until your granddad came along and invented this new style of playing and i really we took i threw out slip note a little bit but um Back then, that was something new, and he developed this. And you've got a cool story about the slip note, don't you?
3: Well, sure, the slip note, yeah. You talk about the piano and country music really before this this time. It really was sort of a honky-tonk, plinky kind of sound. Yeah. So it would just be a little, yeah. a little extra, you know and mm-hmm. song you say more of a novelty kind of thing um when he came to town my granddad uh in the mid 50s he he came he started out and grew up in arkansas started out in shreveport playing the louisiana hayride was right. in the
2: elvis right? yeah Has exactly that you met elvis? yeah i believe yeah, okay. so and, wow. and and got his
3: start there playing as as part of the house band for all the all the artists that would come through there but then it was chet uh chet atkins mm-hmm. who who you know what brought him into nashville uh, to play on all these sessions. And even in the early years, in the 50s, it was a little different style than you heard him once Last Date came around. But the song that really changed everything for for Granddad and really for, I would say, for the piano and country music was, it really was Please Help Me, I'm Falling by, by Hank Lachlan. Here's that name. <laughs> exactly. And it's a song uh, from earlier in 1960, actually. And, and the credit goes, uh, as far as inventing the sound, really not to Floyd Kramer, but to the song's writer, Don Robertson, who mm. actually uh, recorded the demo of the song before they went to record it. Don Robertson played the piano in a similar kind of style with mm-hmm. the where the notes were sort of glancing off of each other. Yeah. And uh, and Chet heard the demo. I think Hank heard the demo and said, if we can get Floyd to do something like this. And Granddad, so they brought Granddad in to listen to it. And he, he had said he had been tinkering with the style like that himself already, but just never had had the reason uh, or, or the right song to use it on a record. And so they recorded, of course, that, you know, famous uh, intro. There it is. Yeah. And beautiful. from there on, you know, the song, of course, was a huge hit. And, and I believe it was Chet that, once it, once it you know, went to the top of the charts, told my granddad that he ought to write a new song to showcase this kind of slip note uh, this style that that had come about, and Granddad uh, did. I don't I don't know if he wrote it after that, or if he had been writing this beforehand. But mm-hmm. it was later that very year in 1960 that he that he, he released Last Date, and it was really from there that it it just cemented this sound as the Floyd Kramer style, the mm-hmm. Floyd Kramer sound, and and he really became sort of the go to session pianist in have? Nashville if he wasn't yeah. already, and and. You know that style sort of became just the sound of piano and country music. And, it really did, and like you say, it, it sort of catapulted the piano right alongside all the other traditional country instruments that, you know, that had been picked on back porches for for, you know, decades and decades. You can't really drag the piano out to the porch to play nope. along. You know, that's and it, so true <laughs> in, in the mountains. And so it, the piano, but but the way he played, he said it was like. It was as close as you could get to bending the strings on a piano. That's
2: what I was going to say. You know, uh, on guitar, I don't play piano. I wish I did. I, I'd love to learn how to play. But, you know, we can bend a, a note up, you know. Right. Uh, half, or even if you've got it slinky, you can hold it <laughs> even right. more. But show us that when we're t- a slip note on a piano is kind of the equivalent. It you
3: know? is. Well, yeah. He, would, he said it's like you hit the wrong note first ah. and then you slip up to the right note. And so. Like uh, I use when I at my concerts I use the Tennessee Waltz as a good example oh, of something. Great. So let me play for you just the then, melody. Did he
2: play on the Tennessee Waltz, the Patty he, Page version?
3: Not the Patty Page, okay. but he recorded his own version, his own version. You know, okay. the, through the years, as as everybody's done. Okay. But like so the Tennessee Waltz, if I played the melody all by itself, it would be this. Or let's see, I'll do it down here. But then if you add in that Uh, The mistake and the correction, Mm -hmm. like he would do, it would sound like this. (laughs) So that's that little, the slip. But then I think what really set it apart, and what a lot of piano players even now that, that play in that style even don't do, is he added this harmony note Above the melody, and and this may go back to his roots. He grew up and he loved Southern Gospel quartet music. He loved like the the Stamps quartet, Joe Roper playing the piano. And in quartets, you know, you've got the lead singer that sings melody, and then you have a tenor that sings harmony above the melody. And he added this little harmony note with his pinky finger right above the melody. And if you couple that with that mistake and correction, then it sounds like this.
2: Wow. Oh, that is so cool. There's your demonstration, folks. Piano players, if you don't do the slip note, learn it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I mean, that really is it. And you can hear that as as a constant in, I mean, last date, the same thing. If you strip the slip note away, it sounds like this.
2: Yeah, not the same.
3: Doesn't have the same character. You add it back in, it sounds like this.
2: That is so cool. So he heard the mistake and adapted it and, right uh, into his own style.
3: And the same thing, like you said, with a guitar, you can play that note and sort of bend it. Burn. And yeah. so he, you know, a piano, you can't bend the that. strings, but it's it's the closest <laughs> that you get. And he made it different too with a piano player. If there are piano players listening, you know, we'll ask what the difference is in a grace note versus like he did a slip good. Note. Qu- good question. A grace note a lot of times would be like a, a half step or a half tone where it would be mm. you know you're on a black key right on a, on the black note above yeah, yeah. a lot of times uh-huh. where he would uh, he would do normally a whole tone so it would be wow. and it gives it a different character and also a lot of times the grace note would be played like before the beat so that you still have the melody note as as the main one but he would he would hammer on that mistake right on the beat so uh, <laughs> it, it it made it, it sort of more drawn out that yeah. that that the the slip and, and it just gave it a, a character all its own that's so different than any other piano player
2: kind of like jazz isn't it a bit? it is yeah, oh yeah, yeah i yeah, mean yeah, yeah it's it's
3: yeah. and it i think it you know it started out with with country roots but it was so um adaptable to all different styles because that was really the rest of his career mm-hmm. he, he was you know known for country records but also for yeah. rock and pop and really his own recordings then for decades that followed um he would he would take Whatever songs were popular, not just in country, but across all of pop music, and, and even some standards, and, and he'd add those slip notes, and, and it gave them a whole new life. And Isn't he, a lot of times, they have a hit with the song the second time around, just as an instrumental, because the way he played was so uh, so different and so unique. Absolutely,
2: one of those A-list musicians that everybody counted on here in Nashville back in the day, and there wasn't too many of the piano players. Him and Hargus Pig, and right. Know, yeah. Few others but yeah uh,
3: for sure if it was if it wasn't Floyd Kramer it was probably uh, a pig Robbins on the record and and yeah. really once granddad in the mid 60s sort of took off on his own solo career and started really touring as his as a sort of headliner artist is where uh, pig took over you know and, yeah. and where he left off and pig was a mainstay in the studios from the 50s or 60s all the way through yeah you know up and really till he passed away just yeah. not not too many years yeah, ago a couple so, years ago
2: yeah mm-hmm. I remember when he passed away uh, I talked about it on my radio show and, uh, one source I saw said that he played the, uh, you know, the, the famous intro on the song crazy. And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> That's wrong. Do <laughs> your research. It was, yeah, it was granddad. Uh, but Pig did play on many of, of Patsy's, Patsy's songs. And yeah. it's funny, even now, I, as I'm listening through, I have to make sure I'm, uh, I'm properly educated as I uh, done my, my own you know shows and concerts and are you a
2: great. nerd about it like me? I am.
3: I just I, I am more of a nerd than I used to be. It's funny. <laughs> I'm not what I would say a true like historian and and an encyclopedia like some people are. Oh come have, on! You're keeping the legacy alive. It's well, I, it's yeah. it's more personal stories and family stories yeah. that I know. So I the last few years as I have done more and more on my own and done more of my own shows and 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 talking about it, it's been fun for me to really take a deep deep dive into all these songs and to make sure that I'm not. Uh, you know, saying a song is my granddad, and it's someone else, or or vice versa. So it's been, I've had some of my own little discoveries of things that even I thought were him or weren't him, and mm-hmm. and you know have to do some digging through records and and talking to some friends who are true historians. And yeah. it's a uh, you know it's been a lot of years have passed since these records have been have been made. So the stories you know get blurred through through time. But it's uh, it, it's it's still just amazing to go back and and what's what's really I think amazing to me too is. You know, when you're in the studio at this time, he was working day in and day out I mean, from morning to night. And Mm -hmm. so when you're when you're just a working musician, you know, you're not in there recording a song thinking this is going to be a hit for the next 60 years and the most one of the greatest songs of all time. You know, you record a song like Last Date or like Mm -hmm. that famous crazy intro or, or whatever it may be. You're just a working musician. You're going in there and you hear a song. Work for hire. You, you play it the best you can do it in that session and you turn the page and go to the next song. And so it's for me to just see all these songs that recorded in such fast succession in mm-hmm. the, in those, uh, weeks and months they record and years.
2: Four or five songs in a day, right? Oh, I know, session, right? oh, they record, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just
3: back to back to back. And then but you just look at the genius that was behind all these licks and, and they made each other better and now
0: oh, yeah, so many yeah.
3: of them have just endured the test of time through through all these decades and, and I listen to it you know I mean there's good music to be found today out there but I, I just don't know how how many songs are going to are going to hold up over I mean, decades and and you know you these, these are these these songs from the fifties fifties and sixties and are going to be yeah. the standards for another fifty and sixty years more yeah. so than I think anything maybe maybe today and that just is the classical testament. music of our time yeah I mean it really, it, it, it really is it's a testament yeah. I think to just the genius of of the writers of the musicians of the artists who really just. Had had something special going during that time. I think
2: so too. And I think three four hundred years from now, uh, people will realize that and, and, and look back. Uh, still, I like to think that anyway. I like to think that too. We've lived in, in such a great era of music. We really did, and I think a lot of it too has to do with um, the advancement in technology too. Um, you know, back in the old days, and the microphones were crude, and you know, you had to learn how to croon. Uh-huh. If you wanted to be heard, and it was the same thing with instruments. You know, right. when as. As electronics became better, it changed uh, the music. But uh, It
3: has, and I think there's there's pluses and minuses. You mm-hmm. know, it's in the same way that, that anyone can have a studio in their home now, and, yeah. and, and, and that's afforded a lot of people just more opportunity to get to play and, and perform. There is still something, I think, magical about that you know, in those early days of recording here on, on music row of everybody being in the same room at the same time. And, and you, you could not be the weak link on the session or you have to redo it. And so there's, there's something about that, um, that I think the creativity that comes from that, you know, that moment in time that you're all in there together, doing the same thing, focusing the same song and, and you just have to make it excellent and you have to do it, have to do it great.
2: First time I witnessed that, I was amazed, and I still am amazed. You know, there's not a lot of that full session like that anymore because right. they do it piece by piece. But to see uh, Alish musicians uh, listen to the work tape one time, look at the chart, the national number chart, <clears throat> go in the studio and play it like they're playing their whole life.
3: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's just sort of the yeah. Just, it still gets me. The way it goes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It's just the way it is. So uh, now I'm, I'm going to have to take a break. Uh, but when we come back, I want to hear more uh, music. And I want to talk about your, your career, too. Sure thanks. That you're doing all right. We're uh, listening to uh, uh, Jason Coleman today. He's the grandson of Floyd Kramer uh, here on the Songwriter Connection
1: You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with
0: your host, Dave Lenihan.
2: Hey, don't forget, if you're listening on the YouTube, and I know it's not a video podcast as of yet, click the like and subscribe buttons for me. It really helps. I really do appreciate that. Uh, Jason Coleman is our, our, uh, our guest. Um, he's the grandson of the great, um, the late great Floyd Kramer. Uh, and we're just So pleased to have him here with his 88s. You have a show on WSM, don't you? You still doing that?
3: I sure do. Yeah, this has really come about the last three years, of course, have been so extraordinary for everybody as Uh as COVID came in and changed course for everyone. You know, I I had made my my living for a lot of years out on the road uh, touring in my own concerts. And so when, when, 2020 came along and shut everything down. I sort of was stuck at home, like everybody was thinking, what in the world is going to happen now?
2: That's how this podcast started. Exactly. Yeah. And
3: that's, that's how, uh, the Jason Coleman show got it started as well. So, awesome. uh, that, that first few weeks, I hopped on at that time, uh, Facebook and played a few requests from my piano at home in my living room. And it was a Sunday afternoon and just, you know, it was so, it was casual and said, so, well, let's do it again. Next week, the right. next Sunday, we did the same thing, and the next, and the next. And so now we are three years into nice. uh, our, our show. We're approaching uh, 100 episodes ourselves, actually. And nice. every week, it's a different piano concert. I, I take my granddad's uh, slip note style and bring it to. Uh, you know, not just country music, but, but all different genres. Some weeks we'll focus on one artist in particular. We've had a Patsy Klein week, a Glenn nice. Campbell week, uh, you know, weeks we focus on, a, on a certain decade. And so it's just me and, and my family from our home. Uh, and we broadcast on Sunday afternoons on Facebook and YouTube a video version of the concert. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, about a year into it, uh, got in touch with, with WSM radio and WSM has picked it up. And so now awesome. it broadcasts on, the home of the Grand Ole 3 Le- uh, okay. on Sunday nights at eight PM Central Time, and so it's been. You know, I mean, I mean, COVID uh, has done a number on everybody, but it. I always like to think there's a silver lining in every every dark cloud, and that's been the true silver lining for my my oh, family cool. and me to get to really reach more people than I ever would have thought possible um, through uh, the Jason Coleman show, and and it's been a great thing for our family, uh, my wife, and we have a, a little boy who. Uh, is a, Mr. Avery Kramer Coleman, who is, uh, he's, he's six this spring and, wow. and finishing up his first year of kindergarten. But at the time when we started, uh, doing our weekly shows back in 2020, he was, uh, just about to turn three years old. And he uh-huh. just in those weeks prior had just started to, to plink away on the piano for the at first three time. three years old. Yeah. Now, how old
2: were you when you started?
3: Uh, three years old. About three? Uh, <laughs> three. <laughs> the same. My, my, my <coughs> mom and dad said it's sort of like deja vu to watch Avery and then, and to think something? back to me. But so, so for us, we now have sort of gotten to journal Avery's progress as a little musician himself from oh, his very beginning cool. stages every week on our show and so Avery every week will join me to play or to sing a song as well and he loves it and it's That's just. Great. It's wild for me to watch that myself. Oh, Not bad. just as a, as a proud dad, of course, but yeah. also as a musician. He is, yeah. He's so good. <laughs> he just three blows, years old. He blows me away. <laughs> and so now he's been taking piano lessons himself for just a few months, and he's learning to read music. He's learning to use both of his hands. Wow. And so it's just, it's, you know... It, it was amazing to get to share the music and to share the memories, but also, you know, during that, especially the first year when we were also disconnected, just to get to share our family with, uh, with families and and people across the world who needed that that point of connection, and that's just persisted even even since then. And so it's been, uh, it's been it's been great. And you know, we're we're thankful that we've mostly turned the page on on that time and, and things are as back to normal as normal gets. But uh, our show has continued, and, and that that connection with people. So know, tell us the, where
2: we can find them. Facebook Live, you said.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Every- folks, folks can look me up. Uh, just look for Jason Coleman on, on Facebook and YouTube, and we broadcast uh, a new episode every every Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central Time. But mm-hmm. all the episodes now, we've got about 90 episodes and That's counting, great. are available to watch on demand uh, for free uh, in, in the past from YouTube or Facebook or my website, Jason Coleman Music. .com. And then WSM is broadcasting on Sunday nights as well um, at, at 8 p.m. Central Time. At 8
2: time. p.m. Central Time, mm-hmm. yeah. To be on the Air Castle of the South, it's got to be a thrill.
3: It is, yeah. It, it's been you know, pretty amazing.
2: They really coined the phrase Music City mm-hmm. as was, was a disc from WSM. Sure. Yeah, And we are so proud to be in Music City. <laughs> so proud <laughs> to have Jason Coleman on the show today. Now, I read that <clears throat> you learned how to play a young to age, too, like three and, and uh, uh, you, you were taking piano lessons, but playing by ear and learning the theory and it wasn't as much fun until granddad steps in and, and made it fun, right?
3: Yeah, I was the <laughs> piano student that probably every <laughs> piano teacher dreads because yeah. <laughs> I I was, I think just too good for my own good and that i loved playing mm. by ear i played by ear i guess you know since i was tall enough to reach the keys and so i started piano lessons at age five just mm. like we started with avery at age five and i started with a a very classical teacher and she was she was great i mean it was great and then it gave me the right foundation to learn to read music i'm thankful that i do yeah. i could read music and and write out music now and recognize that yeah. but at the time you know i was having to play these classical songs at a at a very young age and learning and i just wanted to do my own thing and so i would get in trouble you know i'd be playing a song at my piano lesson playing along doing great i thought and the teacher would stop me in the middle of the song and she'd say now jason where are you on the page (laughs) and i would have no idea because i was just playing along in my own brain i you know i'd played it a couple of times and i knew it and so i was just doing my own thing and it's it is funny to be on the other side of that now because we see okay. that with, with Avery, his piano teacher is wonderful, um, and it's great that he has a teacher that's not his dad, you know. And, and we're at a music school up uh, here in, in Nashville and love that. But his teacher will say, and we agree, when his little sight reading books come along, he gets about two passes of sight reading, and then he knows it and he's playing it <laughs> playing just it by, by ear. There. And so there, yep. it's you, you know you don't have much sight reading after that first couple of couple of goes.
2: I used to take guitar lessons with my brother, and uh, he was the same way. He played by ear. And he could hear it and play it, you know. I wasn't, I didn't have that ear, but um, I can remember the uh, the teacher yelling at him, "You're not reading the music; you're playing it by ear." <laughs> and every time he'd catch him, you know. So I know what you're saying. That's, oh yeah, that's, it's
3: just part of it, and it's funny. It's it's really two totally different. Gifts and to- totally different approaches. You know, yeah. there are some pianists now who you can put a piece of music in front of them and they just go and, yeah. and like crazy, like they've. A, and that's a, million a, times.
2: a talent. It's it itself, is, and it's yeah.
3: not something that I can do. I mean, I mm-hmm. can make my way through a piece of music if you put it in front of me, or, or a hymnal. I can, I can, you know, recognize yeah. it enough and play it. But I'm not one that can just sit and sight read, or like you know, playing with. I've had the pleasure to play with uh, symphonies on a few occasions, or cool. even just yeah. you know, string players will join a concert or something, and you can sit a piece of music in front of them for the first time, and they would play. It like they played it you know i mean a thousand times and that to me is people people lump it all together you know <laughs> can you play piano well sure but it's to me, it's, it's almost two different sides of the brain, two different sides of the same coin. And yeah. so I, I definitely prefer hearing a song and just sitting down and sort of interpreting it from ear. But I, I know enough at least to fake my way through to play by uh, the note as well.
2: Now, do you write melodies yourself? Do You, do you, do you, you know, I, yeah,
3: I know. I, I laugh about the, you know your songwriter podcast and I yeah. you don't have a songwriter on here today because <laughs> I really am not much well, of that's a That's
2: okay. Songwriter. I'm loving this conversation. I'm <laughs> oh, I, oh really I'm having a ball.
3: <laughs> no, for me... I don't know whatever that spark is. Just to, to create something from scratch is just mm-hmm. not um, is not what I've ever done, and it's not that I can. It's just that I I, I don't know, I don't I love taking the song and and arranging it in a different way and nice. making it something new, and that's what I think that that my granddad did as well. You know, he wrote last date. He wrote a few other hits that he had, but really most of his career. He he did more, you know, arranging and rearranging himself of these songs and, and reinterpreting. Really, I guess is probably yeah. the better word. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, I wasn't old enough to really talk to him about that. If he, you know, ever really liked or would have liked to do more writing or not or what, um, but I, I have a feeling that he might have been the, sort of the same as me maybe, and that he just loved to sort of, you know, taking his own approach to songs that people loved. Because yeah. that, that, to me, I love I loved just knowing the impact that a song has had yeah. and the memories that it brings back and then applying my own touch to it just sort of gives it, I don't know, new life. And I just have always loved that.
2: Can you play us an example of uh, something that you love to play?
3: Huh, well, you know, sure. One of the songs I would say is probably my favorite that I like to play. I mean, it's standard. Everybody in the world has... has played or heard or recorded, but I love just a little bit of George on My Mind. Oh, so I just love a song it. like that I can yeah. try. Uh, yeah, let's see.
2: Beautiful. I'm not gonna say but I want to <laughs> To date myself by saying Floyd Kramer or Memorex uh, <laughs> that was great hey thanks thanks Jason is our guest Jason Coleman who is the grandson of the great Floyd Kramer and did I did I notice some slip notes in there
3: oh yeah there's mm. I, I can hardly play without slipping a few slip notes. It's in your there. thing now. I know. I've so. from generation to generation. I guess so. It's just in the in the blood and in the fingers. How about uh, three year old uh, uh, Avery? Is he already picking that up? Oh, he's got the slip notes big oh, time. Got it down. huh? Yeah, he's he's already <clears throat> playing. Uh, he can pick out that in the intro blood. to Last Date, and he's he hears it and plays it. So that's so cool. Yeah. That's
2: amazing. I cannot believe that. That's awesome. Um, you know, so far we've had a little bit of the Tennessee State song with the, the Tennessee Waltz, and now we've got the That's Georgia. That's true, yeah. The Georgia State. We got the state thing going.
3: We we got a yeah, I got a road trip uh, <laughs> on on the books here.
2: That's just awesome. How about what else do you do on your uh, on your uh, tribute to to your your, your granddad show?
3: Uh, sure. Well, you know, I, I uh, like I said, I have one of the concerts that I sort of tour and travel with is a, mm-hmm. is really a true biography of his life and his career yeah. and legacy. Uh-huh. Um, I also have a couple of different shows that I tour. One is just all the music of the 60s and 70s, even beyond what he was a part oh, that's of correct. that I bring that, that same kind of style to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of performing with a, a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Megan Taylor. She actually is the, uh, the great niece of Chet Atkins. No kidding! And plays that same kind of style as Chet. And the two of us do a lot of performing together. We've recorded together and, and oh, toured. And, and Granddad and Chet not only were in the studio together for so many years, yeah. but they, uh, they toured... Uh, the two of them, along with Boots Randolph, for years and years, Mm -hmm. and it's been... another one. It's it's been fun to sort of bring back that kind of uh, relationship and that dynamic. uh, That is so cool you
2: do that. That is really (laughs) amazing. Is there any video of that or any music? Oh, yeah,
3: people can look up up some of... the Nashville Legacy is what we call the the show that we Nashville travel with. Legacy. So people can look up on on my YouTube and just find Jason Coleman, and you can find some of that. And we've recorded, love it. yeah, a couple of albums together as well. She's got a uh, great style and, and great voice, and I bet. had a great family, just like a uh, with with Mister Avery with me. She's got a whole bunch of kiddos that sing and play too. So it's
2: that's awesome. I mean,
3: for me, it's 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 like music and family are just inseparable. It's always just fun what, what I've known and what I've loved, and I love and I think that's the same for a lot of people who listen as well. Is that it? It reminds them of of a family of a family that they've lost family that, you know, from from has gone by and so it, it is all intertwined and, and mm. that's just um it's 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 pretty cool to get to sort of bring back a lot of those kind of memories and those kind of feelings that just wow. seem to have gone by the wayside, you know, for a lot of people and so it it it's these songs and this style just catches your ear. They live on. And yeah. and yeah, and so for me to get to play any small part in, in carrying it on is, is That's so awesome. pretty cool. Can you play us another one? Let's see. How about love the sound of a piano? Well, sure. Let me do a little uh, upbeat one for you here. It's another one that my granddad wrote. This was the follow-up to uh, "Last Date." Uh, The next year, he wrote this one and released it and and had some good success. Uh, It's called "On the Rebound." On the rebound. So let's do it.
2: Yeah. This is Jason Coleman on our uh, Songwriter Connection podcast today. Good to hear your uh, your piano playing. I yeah. love piano. I mean, even when I did, uh, <clears throat> I started out doing jazz, my first paid uh, radio uh, gig, and I didn't know a lot about jazz, but I learned that I loved piano jazz. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> to, to hear these songs are, are just absolutely amazing. In the, uh, in the style of your, of your granddad, uh, Floyd Kramer. It's so good to have you here on the show. Why don't you take us, oh, and tell us where we can find out more about you, uh, your websites and everything, and...
3: Sure thing. You can look up Jason Coleman. Uh, just find jasoncolemanmusic.com. com has all of my uh, tour dates on there. It's got all of my uh, archived episodes of the show that you can go back and watch. It's got about 90 piano concerts. So if you got some nice. free time, <laughs> go back and catch up on the podcast here and catch up on the Jason Coleman Show. Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook and YouTube where I, where I post the most. So just look up Jason Coleman uh, there as well. Please and, do. And listen on WSM Radio Yeah. Uh, if you're here in the Nashville area. Of course, 6.50 a.m., uh, but also you can listen WSM Radio online yeah. and uh, yeah. 8 p.m. on Sunday nights. The Jason Coleman Show airs there. so Please I, do that.
2: Yeah. I, I you won't be disappointed.
3: Yeah. Find, find ways to stay busy for sure the last I know few you years do. I've <laughs> got a lot of plates spinning always, but it's, yeah. it's you know, I, I just look at it as a gift and it's just a blessing to get to share it as best as I can.
2: <laughs> I can't thank you enough for sharing it with us on the uh, podcast.
3: Yeah, so, thanks yeah. for having me today.
2: Will you play another, you know what, can I make a request? Would well, it be too wild? And if you, <laughs> if, if you I know can't, it, if you can't, you just tell me to go. Okay. <laughs> Can you do crazy?
3: You know, you're reading my mind. I was, well, gonna, was like, that I promised <laughs> you yes, I was going to do. So we're on the same way. Oh, man. Yes, we are. All right. Here we go. And this actually, yeah, it was 60, 60 years ago, wasn't it, that, that yeah. Patsy passed away. So uh, really, hard to believe. It really so is. So here we go. That famous piano intro.
2: Coleman, Uh, it kind of brings us full circle to what what I was talking about. Now, uh, think about this: would that would crazy have been a, a as big a hit
3: as it was without that signature lick? It's one. hard hard to separate the song from the from the lick. It's it, it you remains. know, like you said, all those you played at the very beginning are such an important part mm-hmm. of all these great records. Whether it was Floyd Kramer or any of the the A teamers here that that mm-hmm. in Nashville that played a part in those songs. It's it's you can't separate one from the other. The the uh, lyrics without the melody, yeah. without the vocals, without the instruments, without even the the studio it was recorded in and the environment. Everything right. I think just played a part in making so many of these songs just truly. Timeless and truly magical. It really, really was.
2: And Owen Bradley produced that record. And Mm -hmm. I sometimes get the feeling that, and this is no slight against Patsy Cline, one of the greatest vocalists of all time. I think if he just released those tracks, it would have been a hit. (laughs) That's very true. Seriously, I think so. Yeah. Because they're so beautiful. Absolutely. It was really interesting uh, doing a little research on on that song because um, Patsy had a hard time... Because she kept listening to the work tape that Willie uh, put down, and mm. Willie, you know, doesn't always come in on the right
3: time, you meandering, know. Uh-huh. meandering. Uh-huh. You know,
2: it is Willie's style. And Owen Bradley took her aside, said, "Listen, you know, we got these beautiful tracks. Make it your own. Sing uh-huh. it your way." And
3: she sure did. She
2: did. She really did. But with a lot of help from your granddad, for sure. Uh, I reckon so. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking the time to be on our show. Yeah. It's really been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. you. And, it's been, it's been so much fun today. You. Appreciate it. Yeah. It was quite a, a lesson and I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. So listen, the 100th episode is coming. Sometimes we make choices and changes and because we have different timing, but it's coming. It's coming in soon. And I'm not going to tell you who we have. Uh, but I'm, I will say this, the, the, the term rock star is thrown a lot around in this town. Uh, but this guy truly is a rock star and I can't tell you who he is. I won't tear it. T- well, can I give you a clue? He's not Ezra. But he's better. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. But we'll see you coming up soon on the Songwriter Connection podcast.
1: Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.